You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. be condemned. First of all, she was a married woman taking someone else into her tent. That was a major no-no. She didn't do those kind of things. So she took this guy into her tent, which was wrong. And then she kills him. She kills him. But she's blessed among women. She's blessed, it says. Because her obedience to God was greater than her obedience to custom and tradition. She obeyed God. Today, Pastor Dave shares a song of celebration and words of praise for all God did to deliver the Israelites from their latest captivity. This includes sharing the story of Jael's conquest over an enemy. Though her actions didn't follow the accepted social practices, she honored God and was called blessed because of it. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of Judges chapter 5 for part 2 of his message, Glorious Celebration. You are Worshiping God strengthens us. I mean, I don't know what you do when we sing these songs. I don't know what's in your heart when you do. I don't know what's in your heart when we sing these songs on Sunday morning. I mean, I don't know. I hear you singing. I do hear you singing, and I see people clapping and people raising their hands. I don't know what's in your heart. There's something special happens when we worship the Lord. Something special and grand happens within our heart. It's for us. It's for us. I used to live in Ocean City, as I said many, many times, and my prayer closet was the beach, as I said many, many times. And I would go out there on the beach, and I would have my prayer list of things that I wanted to pray for. And I'd have them in my pocket, and I'd go out, and as I was walking along the beach at night, I'd feel the cold wind on my cheeks, and I'd start worshiping the Lord. And I'd just start singing as loud as I could all by myself in the middle of winter. Nobody else on the boardwalk. Nobody else on the beach. And I'm singing to the Lord, praising God. I'm worshiping God. I'm having a grand time. And so many times, it's like you take the prayer list and you go, rip it up and just throw it away. Because you know the Lord has everything under control. It's so wonderful just to worship God. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to worship Him in your car. Don't close your eyes. But it's so wonderful to worship him in your car when you're driving. I mean, you pull up to a red light and you're singing like crazy to the Lord. You look over and there's somebody sitting sitting next to you like, what's wrong with you, crazy? There's something special when we worship the Lord. When we worship the Lord, he becomes El Shaddai. He becomes Almighty God. And he's marvelous. And we become his children even more and more. Because most of the worship songs, you're telling him how much you love him. You're telling them how much you appreciate them and how much he means to you. And I've said this before, you know, many, many times we want to glean and we want to get, we know that God loves us. Oh, yeah, I love it that God loves me. and That's great. That's wonderful. But does God know you love him? You tell him that you love him, whether it be in prayer or in song. Worshiping is wonderful. 
It's wonderful. So Deborah and Barak praise the Lord together for what he has accomplished. They praise the Lord for using them as instruments in his hands. Have you ever praised the Lord when he's used you? When he's used you mightily, have you ever said, thank you, Lord, for using me? Thank you, Lord, for using me when I didn't know it was going to happen. It just happened, and look at there. You used me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It's just a wonderful feeling. They praise the Lord. When we look at verses 2 and 3, it says, When leaders lead in Israel, when people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. The Lord gave unity to the nations. Leaders lead, and the people willingly followed. Leadership is so important in the work of God. People need to be led. They need to be guided. There's a reason he calls us sheep. We need to be led, and we need to be guided. We need to be shown the way that God wants us to go. And what does God expect of his leaders? We studied this in Romans 12. What does God expect of his leaders? That they would lead. (laughs) I know it sounds simple, but that's what God expects of his leaders. Remember Paul said, if you have the gift of leadership, lead. Lead. God's people need direction. They need guidance. God expects the leaders of the people to actually lead. There's a genuine need for leadership. A genuine need for leadership in the house of God. Leaders are nothing, though, however, without followers. Leaders are nothing without followers. And it's the job of the people to willingly submit and follow their leader as they see the leader submitting to the Holy Spirit, submitting to the Lord, and leading them. And it's interesting, though, when you read about this, the word here for willingly submitted or willingly, yeah, willingly offered themselves, it means consecrate. It means to consecrate. What is consecration? Consecration is a willful act of dedication to worship and following the Lord. When you consecrate yourself to the Lord, you set yourself aside to do nothing but follow the Lord. Choose this day. Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. He was asking them, consecrate yourself to the Lord. Choose to follow the Lord and the Lord only. And that's what they're doing here. They willingly offered themselves. They willingly said, we will follow the Lord. And then in verses 4 and 5, Deborah recalls God's victorious victories in the past. Like in Deuteronomy 32, from the exodus of Egypt, as God led them. It's always so good to remember God's faithfulness. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time about God's faithfulness in this forum right here. We had communion. Remembering what the Lord has done. It's so important for the body of Christ to remember what was accomplished on the cross. It's so important for us to always remember that and keep that in the forefront of our minds. God's faithfulness reaches to the heaven. It reaches to the stars. It stretches all over the place. God's faithfulness is there. What a wonderful thing. God is always faithful. God will always be faithful. God has always been faithful. Something we can count on. It's interesting that the song goes from Exodus to the days of Shamgar, my man. Shamgar. I love that name. I love that name. I wish we were going to have a kid. We'd name him Shamgar, man. I love that name. I love that name, Shamgar. Shamgar means destroyer, remember? Shamgar the destroyer, I love it. Killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. I love that. 
Talks about Shamgar. But there was something happening in the days of Shamgar. It seems as though, we talked about this when we studied Shamgar, it seems that Shamgar and Deborah were contemporaries. It seems that they were living around the same time. Something happened. You can read that. You can read that in the days of Jael. Jael was living at that time too. The highways were deserted. The travelers walked along the byways, but the village's life ceased. It ceased in Israel. Remember, Jabin was a cruel taskmaster. He ruled harshly, Scripture says. He ruled very, very harshly. Until I, Deborah, arose and became a mother in Israel. Deborah becomes a mother to Israel. Life ceased until I arose. She had a spiritual concern for the nation. She was a true mom. She was a mommy. She wanted to see everybody be okay and everybody know the Lord. She was also a judge in the true sense. But the Lord raises her up to be a deliverer. She cared for the nation. And it's interesting that as we go down in verse 8, it says, They chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was among 40,000 in Israel. And I had to chuckle. I don't mean to get political, but I had to chuckle when I read this because even back then there was gun control. They took all the implements of weapons away from Israel. Why? So they could rule them. So they could do anything they wanted to them without retribution. Israel couldn't do anything because they didn't have any weapons. They didn't have any weapons. It says right there, they're not a shield or a spear was seen for 40,000 in Israel. It's interesting to me. It says, my heart is with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people, bless the Lord. What's interesting here is that you have what needs to happen. The leader, the leader offers his life willingly to serve God and the people, and the people offer their lives willingly to serve God and the leader. And that's how it works. That's how it works. It's consecration. It's consecration. She had a heart for leaders and other people that did their work. Her vision that she had was bigger of just getting the job done. Some leaders, all they want to do is get the job done. But she wanted to see the kingdom of God advance. And I think that this should be the vision of any leader in Christ's church. That the kingdom of God would advance. That the more people would come to know Jesus. That should be the vision of any leader in any church. That Jesus would be known to those that don't know him. You'd be surprised at how many people out there don't know Jesus. They don't know him. All they know, there's a name that you use at a ballpark when an umpire makes a bad call. They don't know him as God. They don't know him as our Savior. They don't know him in the way that we know him. You'd be surprised at how many people don't know that. I think leaders should have the vision that, that God be made known. And we need to do everything in our power to equip the saints, to equip the people so that that can happen. That's why we teach the word of God. In Judges 5, 2, Deborah did speak of this. Now she says the leaders must offer themselves to consecration. What did we read in Romans 12? We read, offer our bodies as living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Offer our bodies. This is consecration. Consecration. 
We read on in verse 10 that all the people are invited to sing along about God's faithfulness. Come on and join. Let's sing. Hey, we're going to have, let's all sing. We can do this. The great victory, nobles riding on donkeys. I want to stop there for a minute. Because this was the mode of travel for kings and for nobles. They rode on donkeys. Anybody thinking about anything? That's why Jesus rode on a donkey. That's why he rode on the colt. Because that was the manner of transportation for kings and nobles during that time. That's why Jesus rode on a donkey. All the villagers alike, come on, come on. Verse 12, I love verse 12. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, sing a song. Hey, you, Barak, arise and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. Awake. Everybody needed to hear the word of the Lord. Everybody needed to hear the word of the Lord. Awake, nobles, villagers, everybody needs the word of the Lord. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Everybody needs to know the word of God. And this is what happened back in the dark ages with Martin Luther. Martin Luther couldn't understand why nobody had the word of God. Martin Luther couldn't understand why there was only the Catholic priest who had the Bible. Martin Luther couldn't understand that. And he wanted to see everybody. He wanted to see the masses get the Bible. And that's why he translated the Bible into the different languages. Because he wanted the masses to have the Bible. And you know why? We showed the movie Luther here one time a couple of years ago. It was a great movie. There's a part in that movie that really strikes me. It's when his mentor, and I forget his mentor's name, excuse me, but his mentor is talking to Martin Luther. Martin Luther is struggling. And he says to him, Martin, now Martin was already a priest. He was a monk. He was already, already ordained as a priest. And the mentor said to him, Martin, have you read the New Testament? And Martin said, no. And he said, you need to read it for yourself. And if you know anything about history, it was when Martin Luther was reading the New Testament, when he read Romans, that the just should live by faith, that he became born again, and the Reformation started. My point is, up until that time, here you have a priest, a a, a man of God, who did not read the New Testament when the New Testament was available for him to read. And he became incensed with the fact of getting the New Testament to the masses. He wanted to get the entire Bible to the masses. And this got him in severe trouble with the church. Paul writes to his son Timothy. You don't have to turn there, I will. Second Timothy. He talks a lot about the Word of God. And Timothy's charged to teach the Word of God. In Second Timothy 3, in verse 10. It says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. You've carefully followed my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, what's happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and becoming deceived. But you must continue in the things of which you have learned and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped, thoroughly equipped, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. That's why we teach the word of God. You see it happening in church after church after church after church. People get tired of hearing the word of God. They need itchy ears. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me that I'm okay. Tell me I'm going to be okay. Tell me I'm okay. Don't use the word sin. I don't want to hear I'm a sinner. And please don't tell me I'm going to hell. Tell me what I want to hear because my ears are itchy. And I need to hear that kind of stuff because it soothes my ears. And you have those guys up there with the fake smile. Oh, brothers. They smile and they tell you how much you're wonderful and how great you are and how things are going to be well perfect and everything's going to be wonderful and don't have to worry about anything. What did it say? What was that word that he used? What did he say here? Yes, and all who desire to live a godly Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You'll never hear that from them. You'll never hear that from them. Itchy ears. It's happening today. We're watching it. We're seeing it happen. We need to teach the word of God. That's why we teach it line by line, verse upon verse, so that you have every nugget of the word of God. Every single nugget. You notice I read the entire song of Deborah. You have every nugget there. Every nugget for you. We need to teach the word of God. In verses 13 through 18, he talks about the tribes that helped and didn't help. Notice all the tribes there. He mentions them. Ephraim was very, very important here. Benjamin and Natali, Zebulon, Ishkatar. But a few of them didn't help. A few of them stayed behind. They were accused of being in the sheepfold, of, of, of hiding. They didn't come out to help. They didn't remember God, and they didn't want to help him. Deborah knew it was God that would help the Israelites, but she knew that they needed all of them. Remember when Joshua was there? Remember when Joshua led the group? Which tried stay behind? None of them. None of them. There was unity in the body. There was unity in the body, and they all went to war together. They all went to war together. When there's a fracture in the body, Christ bleeds. When there's a fracture in the body, Christ is the one that suffers. When we're not all of one mind, when we're all not like, when we're not like-minded in here and we're doing things together, when someone's over there doing their own little thing, trying to get people to follow them, or somebody's over here trying to talk this or trying to talk that, Christ suffers. And that's what happens here. They won because God did it. God did it, but people didn't go with them. They helped. Some of them were in the sheepfold. Asher was on the boats. He must have been out there in, in the sea. 19 through 23, it talks about the battle came from heaven. It was fought from the heavens. What does that mean? It means this great rainstorm came. This great rainstorm came, the torrent of Kishon, and swept them away. We talked about this. The chariots don't work very well in the mud. The horses get bogged down. The wheels don't turn very well. All this rain happened, and this was Caesar's major thing. His major thing was the chariots. Remember we read about how he had 900 chariots, and they were so, so afraid of the chariots. Well, God took care of the chariots. God wiped them out. The curse of Moroz said the angel of the Lord cursed him. Apparently, this morose city was no help. But God still accomplished his work, but they cursed this city because they would have no part in it. 
That's what it means here. So they're just singing. They're singing about all these wonderful things that the Lord had done. The ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon. Oh, my soul, marching strength. They came. It says, the horse's hooves pounded. The galloping and the galloping of the steeds. I love that kind of stuff. It's, like, it's almost poetic. This song was very, very poetic. And this is how Hebrew literature is. Beautiful. Verses 24 through 27 she praises Jael for killing Sisera. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. He asked for water, she gave him milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera and she pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. She did a number on him. She did a number on him. She's blessed because she did it for God. God still accomplished his work. Could be condemned in the day of the judges. She could be condemned in a lot of ways in the day of the judges. She could be condemned. First of all, she was a married woman taking someone else into her tent. That was a major no-no. You didn't do those kind of things. So she took this guy into her tent, which was wrong. And then she kills him. She kills him. She's blessed among women. She's blessed, it says, because her obedience to God was greater than her obedience to custom and tradition. She obeyed God. It says he, in the next verse, it said, he sank at her feet. Deborah repeats this. Notice that Deborah repeats this a couple times. At her feet, he sank. He fell. He lay still. At her feet, he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. I think Deborah was trying to make a point that a woman killed him. I think she was, I really do. I think she was trying to make a point that a woman took this guy down. Because remember, we're talking about a time where women weren't equal with men. We're talking about a time where they didn't have the right standing in men. But the woman took this guy, woman took him out. They divided the spoils. They divided the spoils. You talk about that. And my heart breaks for Mrs. Cesara. His mom, she's out there waiting for him to come home, and he's not going to come home because he's dead. And you get the kind of like a little a touch about the mom's heart there. Mother of Caesarea looked through the window, and she cried out through the lattice, where is he? How come his chariot's not coming? That's kind of a sad thing. Verse 31, it says, Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him, God, be like the sun when it comes out in full Strength. I like that verse. I like that verse. We are loved by God. And when he loves us, there's such a warmth in our heart, like a sun, like a sunshine. You could be out there on the coldest day, but still have the warmth of God in your heart because you know and you've experienced God's love. You know and you have experienced God's love. The land had rest for 40 years. Remember, we said that Ehud, the land rested for 80 years. That was the longest time the land was ever at rest. And now you see that it goes back to now there's going to be 40 years of rest before the Midianites come in and take over. And then the rise of our man Gideon. You are The Old Testament book of Judges that you've been studying with Pastor Dave Shank gives you a glimpse into the intriguing history of the nation of Israel. 
the Israelites seem to cycle through a pattern. They follow God, turn away from Him, become aware of their sin, and finally repent and step back onto God's path. Each time, God brings a judge to lead them creatively back to Himself, showing His power and mercy time and time again. Israel's history is one we still see today. Many people fall into the same cyclical relationship with God. They follow Him for a time, fall into sin, and need to be reminded of their errors. God is always faithful to forgive, though, when you come to Him in repentance. His mercy is new every day, and He's big enough to cover every mistake from your life. We're so glad you tuned in today to Assure Hope. We hope you've been encouraged by what you heard. If you have any questions about this ministry, or if you want to know more about the forgiveness God can offer you, please give us a call. Our number is 609-884-5821. We'd love to pray with you, and we'll do our best to answer your questions. That phone number again is 609-884-5821. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Assure Hope, just visit our website, assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Be sure to check out the service times and directions to Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Thanks for being part of our time here today on Assure Hope. Assure Hope.